0: Welcome to the MBLEX Test Prep Podcast. Again, of course, you know my name is David. I am your host on the amazing, fabulous journey through the world of the massage and bodywork licensing exam. So uh, basically what we do during this podcast, we talk about things that you could possibly see during the MBLEX. We review this content, uh, give you a little bit of a, a better understanding of this material, um... I know some some people aren't as good as others at explaining some of this stuff, so I try my best to give you another perspective on a lot of this information, and I think that can really help out uh, quite a few people. So, uh, again, I do have the MBLEX Test Prep Comprehensive Study Guide and Workbook 2018 edition available on my website, mblextestprep.com, or available on Amazon.com. I have an MBLEX Test Prep Study Guide with ten full MBLEX Practice tests in it and pre made flashcards in it as well. All you have to do is get a pair of scissors and cut them out, and you've got flashcards ready to go. Uh, that's also available on my website or on Amazon.com. Uh, so, MBLEXTESTPREP.com is where you can find those. And I've got Kinesiology Made Easy. So, if kinesiology is something that you need to brush up on, that is the book to get. It gives you all the origins insertions, actions, innervations, synergists, and antagonists for most of the major muscles in the body. Uh, So definitely check that out. Again, imblextestprep.com or amazon.com. Another quick update. I am still hard at work on the pathology uh, textbook, Pathology for Massage Therapists. Uh, it, It is getting close to being done. I promise, I promise, I promise it will be available soon. Just keep an eye out for that. When it's available, I will let you know. You will be, well, maybe not the first to know, but you'll be among the first to know. So definitely keep an eye out for that. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we will start. All right, so today's podcast is going to be just a little different than what we've done in the past, uh, similar to one previous podcast. Uh, this podcast is an interview I did with former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker. You can check him out. Uh, he has his own podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Check him out. If you like football, that is definitely the podcast to listen to. So Ross Tucker has, um, has experience with a lot of injuries, specifically herniated discs. Herniated discs are actually what cost him his career. So I set up an interview with Ross Tucker. This interview took place a couple months ago. Uh, I did this interview for the pathology textbook that I am writing. So uh, this interview will be in that book, but I figure, hey, I got the audio of it. Let's throw it in a podcast. So without further ado, here is Ross Tucker. So you you had a herniated disc, correct? Two of them. Two of them, yeah. So I had, uh, I had surgery in Buffalo, yeah. L4-L5 and L5-S1,
1: uh, discectomy, foraminotomy, and laminotomy. And then my career ended with a herniated C5-C6 in my neck, um, which bruised my spinal cord with the redskins in 07. So in the span of four years, I had, um, you know, three different, two that were really herniated and one that they just said wasn't looking real good, so they cleaned it up when they were doing
0: my L4, L5. They cleaned up my L5 S1 too. Right. Yeah. So you had a lot going on in a short period of time is basically what you're telling me.
1: Yeah, you know everybody.
0: I I know most
1: guys. They all have some issues. Some guys always have bad shoulders. Some have bad ankles. Some have bad knees. Some get concussed a lot. My mine was my spine. My my spine was the. uh, You know we're all machines that break down,
0: and my my spine was the the, the machine part that broke down. Right. So when um, let me hold on one sec. Um. So at what point, at what point, how long in your career did it take before you initially suffered uh, one of those spinal injuries?
1: Well, I remember first like tweaking my back in high school. And then I don't remember anything bad with my back in college. And then actually, I think it was the summer before I ended up having the herniated disc. I was just working out. And I remember just doing drills, you know, like in July. And I I did something in my back, just doing a you know regular drill, not hitting anybody, anything. And um, I had vicious back spasms. It was actually the night
0: of my engagement party, and I was in all kinds of pain. Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: And um, and then that year it ended up, you know, ended up getting me. You know, midway through the year, it started to really bother me, and then
0: by the end of the year, you know, they were giving me an MRI and stuff, and, you know, we knew I had an issue. Right. Did you, when you uh, tweaked your back in high school, did you ever get that checked out? Did you go to a doctor or anything? No, I I was just going to a chiropractor, because my mom went to a chiropractor, so I Mm. I started going to a chiropractor. Okay.
1: Really, just on, like, an as-needed basis.
0: And was that did that uh, take place at any of the spots you ended up hurting your back in later on? Did what take place? The where where you tweaked your back, where you hurt your back. I
1: think so. Yeah, I, I think it was low back, same area. Yeah, I think that was just kind of the uh, the precursor, maybe the first time I,
0: you know, kind of had a bulge or something. Right. So when you um. When you hurt your back in in your playing career, um, you said you were lifting. That was that was high school, though, wasn't it?
1: No, high school was on the field. Okay. And I felt a twinge in my back after I hit somebody. And, and I fell the first time I really felt it was working out summer That's right. before my fourth year. And then my fourth year, towards the end, is when
0: you know my back really started to really started to break down and bother me. And where, where were you uh, when that was happening? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, okay. Uh, so, I mean, after, after it happened, you went to the trainer, I assume? Well,
1: I didn't say anything when, um, you know, when I heard it over the summer because I was back home in Pennsylvania, you know, just working out on my own. And I just thought, you know, I thought I just pulled a muscle. And maybe I did. I don't even know. But so I just pulled a muscle, and that um, it was muscle. It was back spasms, right? So I didn't think right. anything of it. Yeah. And then uh, during the season, I don't think I said anything initially about my back, but it just kept getting worse and worse. Right. And I didn't. I didn't like it, and it wasn't feeling good. So they X-rayed it. X rayed it again, and finally they gave me an X ray when I was like, Look, I can't even tie my shoes
0: and I was, you know, heavily medicated to play in those games at the end of that year. Right. And how how long into the season was it before you actually uh, went to the trainer to to get it looked at? Or the doctor. I don't remember it bothering
1: me until halfway through the season. I don't remember saying anything for a couple weeks.
0: Okay. So, uh, what did the, uh, the x ray show, if anything? x ray
1: showed nothing. The MRI, um, I remember the radiologist asking me if I was having numbness down my leg, you know, based on whatever they saw on the MRI, and I actually wasn't, you know, I, not that I knew of, I wasn't having tingling or pain or numbness down my leg, it just was pain in my back. Right. And so they were just going to monitor it. And so every after the season, every month, they would fly me up there for another MRI, January, February, March. And what I noticed was when I was driving, my leg would get so tired. My ankle and anterior tibialis, it just would get so tired. Right. So I
0: noticed that. And And so then what we ended up doing after that is… It sounds like you got a little bit of drop foot because of it. Because like even when I was like driving around
1: the neighborhood, I would put cruise control on just to go 20 miles an hour for a block <laughs> because it was that tiring and anno- and, and and not only really painful just fatigued right. to hold my foot up. And so uh, they finally gave me
0: uh, I think it's called an EMG um, that Ele- electromyograph. Yeah, it tests the nerve signal, and they realized that I was only getting 35%
1: of the nerve signal down my right leg. That's not good. And that's when they said, okay, yeah, you need surgery. Right. You know, because before that, it was like, nah, it might get better. It might heal. No, I think you're okay. And then after that EMG, it was like, nope, you need surgery as soon as
0: possible. Right, so what well, you know because they
1: finally had they finally had like the data, I guess that backed up what I was feeling, and then so I had the l four l five and they said that they cleaned up my l five s one a little bit while they were in there, and I remember them saying that my nerve was kicked, you know my nerve yeah. was kind of kicked um, and that that was the pain and i I felt better after the surgery it really it definitely helped.
0: Awesome. Um, so so they determined beforehand that it was L4, L5, L5, S1, right?
1: They decided, they, they knew beforehand it was L4, L5. When they did the surgery, they saw that L5, S1 was, um, you know, trending in a bad direction as well. Right. So he just freed up more room for that nerve um, also.
0: Okay. So you what? Know, so, so I didn't realize they were allowed to do that, but evidently, when they're in there,
1: they can—they uh, have the freedom to kind of clean up
0: other stuff without without you giving permission ahead of time. No, that is—that is true. Yeah, for sure. I—I uh, I, I assume that they—they they would just say, you know, they can assume that you would want that done as well, uh, in your best interest, probably. Um, yes, and I'm glad they did. Yeah. So what? I mean, what kind of surgery did they perform on uh, on each one of those segments? L four, L five. Well, both of them. It was a discectomy,
1: which is where you shave the the disc. It was a, a laminotomy, where you um, hollow out, I believe, the laminate or shave that, and then a foraminotomy, which is the same thing. So. All of those things were done and designed to create more space for my nerves to have, have more space right. so that they wouldn't get
0: kinked and wouldn't get, you know, and my, and my disc wouldn't get herniated and all that stuff. So, um, so the you know doing... I mean? you'd, you'd have to look that up and remember what all that stuff means. I know, I know what this stuff means. Um, the uh, so the the discectomy. did they do you know if they actually took out? Your entire disc, or did, it, did they just take out part of the disc? Just kind of like shave it down the part that's that was compressing your uh, spinal cord. Just, just, just or shave the, it down. The okay. There, there are some people that have complete uh, discs removed, and then you get artificial discs put in. Uh, people with like ankylosing no, no, spondylitis. No, no. I, definitely, I definitely didn't have that. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that would make playing uh, pretty. Uh, yeah, they, I, I talked to a doctor, and they said they would not hmm. clear made to play after that. Right. Okay. Um, Gee, So after uh, after you had all that done, how I mean, how how long after that all of that did you continue playing, and did you have any um, any symptoms or anything after uh, receiving all that surgery? You said you you felt better afterwards, but. Yeah, I felt better, but I would say it
1: took me a full year before I, um, I'd say it took me a, felt, um, as close to normal as I, as I could. I don't think I ever,
0: uh, really, really quick. Your, your phone cut out, uh, for a second, uh, right before you said, you said it took a full year and then it, it cut out.
1: Okay, it took a full year before I got um, to what I would say is my peak recovery, although I, I, I never really felt like I got 100% back to where I was. Okay. Um, so I never really felt like I ever got 100% back, but it took a year for me to get back as far as I could. Gotcha. Um, at, so because that next season – I just always felt stiff. I just, I, I just felt stiff, and, and I just didn't feel, didn't feel like myself. I think by the next year, I felt like I could move pretty well and was back to being, you know, decently
0: explosive, etc. Right. Nice. So how long, um, how long was it until you suffered the the neck injury, C six, C seven?
1: So. I had the surgery in April of 05. I played 05. I played 06, but I got cut and was out of the league the whole year. I came back in 07
0: and um, hurt my neck in the third preseason game against the Ravens, and that was it. So what, I mean, what <laughs> happened during that play where you hurt it?
1: It was the wedge. It was kickoff return. I hit a linebacker really hard. I got a really bad stinger. I thought that's all it was, Um, but it turned out to be more than
0: that. You thought that's quote-unquote all it was. Yeah, like a stinger is just a minor thing, you know? Well, a stinger is a common thing. I don't know if it's a minor thing. It's it's definitely not minor, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just weird hearing somebody talk about it so nonchalantly like, "Eh, I thought it was just a stinger and it would be fine, but.
1: Yeah, like I think there's a lot of people in life that if they ever got a stinger, they would freak the hell out. Yeah. But if you're a football player, like I remember the first time I ever got one was 10th grade, you
0: know? Yeah.
1: Um, so if you're a football player, you're a little bit more
0: used to it, I guess. For sure. All right, so you, so you suffered that injury against the Ravens. Um, third preseason game, right? Yes. So after that, you went to, the, uh, went to the trainer, you got another MRI x-ray done, and, and what did it show?
1: showed that I had a herniated disc in my neck, C5, C6, and then they did manual tests with my toes and fingers. I forget what it's called. It's like Clonus or um, something like that. There's like a, a test they can do. And they did the test with my fingers and toes, and after they like flicked them, they would shake for a while,
0: which was proof that my spinal cord was bruised,
1: and and proof that you know my neck was messed up enough that my spinal cord was bruised. And I remember asking the doctor, you know, what he thought, and there were a couple different surgical options, but. I also said, well, what do you think, man? He's like, you know, I said, what, what if I was your son? He said, well, I would tell you you're 28 and you went to Princeton. It's time to get a real job. <laughs> and, um, you know, that was actually good for me because I don't, nobody would have signed me again after that anyway. Yeah. I, I kind of needed that closure. Um, so I was almost glad to get that that closure. And then, and then that was it. There you go. and I had to rehab, I had to rehab that for a while a good um, six months uh, at least six months maybe up to a year um, I had to rehab that thing um, and I can still kind of if I go back Into the left really hard I can I can pinch that nerve and I can replicate a singer I just you know don't do that obviously.
0: Right. Yeah, I would wouldn't recommend it. So you didn't have any surgery? No. Nope, thankfully that. I did not. Okay. Uh what kind of uh exercises were you doing uh during during physical therapy? What were they having you do? A lot of
1: stretching, I think, more than anything else, and the stretching was designed to try to um calm the nerve down and um make it a little a little looser
0: there i guess um yeah i, ma- I imagine <laughs> it's to increase the space between the vertebrae too uh to take pressure off that's that exactly bit. what it was that's exactly what it was so a they were of, doing a lot of traction too where they're like pulling on your neck yes a lot
1: of stretching and a lot of traction to try to uh increase the space
0: to get the disc or whatever vertebrae off my off my nerve exactly gotcha so have you um have you have you had any um just so you know
1: before i forget i have like three minutes left
0: okay um then i gotta go i'm almost home so yeah no worries um uh so go ahead have have you had any um like mris done recently to take a look at your neck or anything like that
1: to if if i got an mri on anything i would get it on my back because um my neck is pretty good like my neck knock on wood doesn't really ever bother me but my back uh is very much a part of my life so i have to be very conscious of what i do very conscious of you know um where I sit, you know, uh, certain body positions and then even just randomly I'll, it'll bother me or I'll hurt it or, you
0: know,
1: I, it's a, uh, it's just a part of my life
0: now, I guess I I get massages, I get, that was going to be, that was going to be my next question. If if you, do you get massages since this book is designed for massage therapy students, um, I mean, what do you, what do you do when you get massages? Do you have them actually stretch you out or, um, Or do some sort of traction or joint mobilization on the vertebrae or or just basically work on the muscles a little bit
1: more work on the muscles with a heavy emphasis on like my low back and my glutes and some of the areas I think create the issues Um, I go more to a chiropractor if I'm looking more for the traction or the joint manipulation I probably go to both Chiropractors more like as needed.
0: Right. Uh,
1: massage is probably more once a month.
0: Okay. I, I definitely recommend doing uh, doing both if you can uh, around the same time. Because a lot of times it's, you know, your bones might be, you know, be pulled out of place by muscles. And if you're just putting the bone back in place, you're not actually fixing the muscle, uh, the problem, you know, by loosening up the muscles. So definitely both uh, whenever you can for sure. Um, do you, do you have any massage done on your neck or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: that's usually my other major point of emphasis is my neck and traps, just to keep those muscles relaxed and, and loose. I think everybody probably, just stress or whatever, has tight you know, traps and neck, but I, I always do it, uh, make a point to it, because I think that
0: really helps me right is there is there anything you would tell a massage therapist not to work on uh as as far as any of your your back or neck issues are concerned no the only thing i tell them not to work on is my big toes because i had turf toe oh okay If if they really manipulate my big toes that
1: really hurts but nothing they do to my back or neck hurts um just
0: my big toes, ironically. Gotcha. I, I didn't know if you had, like, ingrown toenails or something. Which I've no, had. I've, no. I've, I've had that. I've that had uh, both of my toenails to removed. Yeah. Oh, man. Man. Um, well, yeah, man. I'm glad, I'm glad I was right. able to help you out. I'm glad we we're able to chat. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a blast for sure. So, that was the interview I did with Ross Tucker. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, Check out his podcast, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He's a good dude. Tell him I sent you. Uh, So when we come back, we will have question of the week. It is time for question of the week. Okay, so question of the week. Of course, I read you a question. We try to figure out what the answer is using our test-taking techniques. All right, here is the question. Epinephrine and norepinephrine are produced by which glands? A, adrenal. B, pituitary. C, pineal. D, ovaries. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. Epinephrine and norepinephrine are produced by which glands? A. Adrenal B. Pituitary C. Pineal D. Ovaries Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is identify um, I'm going to look at the keywords. I'm going to identify which substances we're actually talking about. Okay, epinephrine and norepinephrine. Are the key words? I mean, glands, yes, could be considered a key word, but all of the answers are glands, so that's not really uh, a key word to focus on, okay? So, epinephrine and norepinephrine. Okay, what do I know about epinephrine and norepinephrine? Something really easy you can do is use your medical terminology. And of course, I say it every single podcast use your medical terminology to figure out these answers, okay? The term epi means like, ep, uh, oh, what's the term? Um, epidermis um, is, a, is a really good Epithelial tissue is, is, is another good example of terms that have epi uh, in them. epi. The epidermis is above the dermis. Okay, epi means above. What does "neph mean? And that pretty much gives you, kind of gives you the answer. I mean, you still have to know where these glands are. Okay. So what does neph mean? Like nephritis. A nephrologist is a, doc, is a doctor that specializes in what? Pylonephritis is another, is another term that has neph in it. Nef means kidney, okay? Rin, the suffix ren, like endocrine or exocrine, means secrete, okay? So it just says basically what's happening here, okay? So this is a substance that will be secreted, okay? So basically the first two parts, the prefix and the word root, tell you um, basically where it is, okay? Epi means above, neph means kidney. So these glands are above the kidneys. And then we go down to our answers, adrenal, pituitary, pineal, ovaries. Just kind of knowing where the glands are, I know I can eliminate two of those right away. I can eliminate pituitary and pineal. Those are both glands that are in the head, okay? So I know those those are nowhere near where epinephrine and norepinephrine are produced. Okay, so that leaves us with the adrenal glands and the ovaries. Okay? So we we have two pairs of each. Okay? So you can't can't really differentiate based on the the number of pairs. But what we can do is use our medical terms again on one of these. Okay? Adrenal. Okay? So just remember A lot of terms and a lot of structures in the body have multiple medical terms associated with them. Okay, the prefix add means towards. Think like adduction, the action adduction. You are adding something, you are bringing a structure towards the midline of the body, right? Renal, like renal failure, renal uh, stones, stuff like that. Renal means kidney, okay? So you can match up adrenal toward the kidney with epinephrine above the kidney, right? So that leaves us with A, the adrenal glands, okay? So epinephrine and norepinephrine are produced by which glands? A, the adrenal glands, and that just about does it for today. Thank you very much for tuning in to this wonderful podcast. I want to say thank you again to Ross Tucker one, one, one more time. Check him out. Uh, he, he has the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Check him out on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. And until next time, I promise it won't take as long to put out another podcast uh, as it did the past few months. I, I've been super busy, I promise. Uh, More podcasts are coming pretty soon. Uh, So until next time, which should be in a couple weeks, this is David saying, uh, oh, geez, what do I want to say? Goodbye.